passion for the people that the Lord has brought under your leadership. You are a great leader, a great husband, and a great father. Anyone who crosses your path feels the effect. You know, I like when someone say, you are a very unassuming person, but your life is very consequential, all the same. And, and it's been a blessing just knowing you and being your friend. Thank you for the honor. Thank you for good friendship. Thanks to uh, the entire Harvest DFW for uh, allowing me to be here to spend this weekend with you. I'm enjoying everything. I salute all the pastors here who have come. Thank you for expanding the kingdom on this part of the globe. May the Lord cause you to do more than you ever thought you would be able to do. Reach out, advance the kingdom, glorify the Lord, change lives, impact the systems and structures of society. May the Lord be glorified in all you do. Um, two of my siblings are here, my younger brother and my elder brother. Amadou is here with his darling wife, Annie. Those guys are, I'm telling you, I love them so, so, so very much. Yeah, Amadou is my younger brother, very respectful, very consistent. Sometimes he also seems unassuming too. He's a very serious guy. Um, and lately he has developed a hairstyle. I was asking his wife, what do you make of that hairstyle? <laughs> and she said, she said, well, he likes it, so I just like it too. <laughs> you know, I saw the guy's stuff on Facebook and I said, what in the world is this guy doing, right? <laughs> you know, but the guy likes it, so why not? You know, Patrick is also here. Patrick is saying, better life. Patrick is my elder brother. He's the politician. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick, Patrick says he will be president for Liberia one of these days. <laughs> I, I, I love the guy. Patrick is, is a guy of character. He loves people, but he's political. <laughs> Every time he calls, he has to mention the political thing. Every time he calls. Every time he calls. I mean, no exaggeration. Every time he calls. What are you guys doing? Yes. How are your wife? Yes. How are your daughter? Yes. You know how Liberia? You know those people in Liberia? Yeah. The God is too political, right? That's good, but that's a tapestry. I'm a preacher. He's a political guy. And I don't mind. Amen. You cannot talk about God without implying favor. There can be no such idea as God without favor. Just as God is love, God is also favor. Because favor is a synonym of love. Except that in love, there are times where you exchange what you do for the person, right? Love is predominantly expressed by what you gave but in the expression of love there are times when you also enjoy the person you love right you give stuff to your wife but you enjoy her because you love her you do things for your kids but their presence with you produces certain emotional fulfillment so that's about love right you do stuff but you also benefit from what you do for the person you love in the case of favor, favor is a bestowment of something without necessarily having to share in it, right? So when, the, when we talk about favor, we're talking about God in his divine purpose, in his who he is, chooses 
to bestow whether intervention, whether breakthrough, whether gift, whatever it is, it does it in the way where it produces certain effect, you cannot ignore it. Whatever the amounts to favor creates certain impression that's memorable. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 126 verse 1. When the Lord turns again our captivity, we were like them that dream. That means the situation was impossible, one. Number two, it was so sudden. Number three, it was so divine that it was too good to be true. As hopeless as their captivity were, and as daunting as their oppression was, one morning they woke up, they were free. That's what favor does. It comes sometimes with certain suddenness that it becomes too good to be true. But that brings us to one factor in the subject of favor, that favor is exclusively the doing of the Lord. And that divine component of the expression of favor is what we're trying to celebrate this week. On the first day, we're discussing favor as recognizing three things from the text. Um, Psalm 102 verses 12 and 13 where the psalmist said I know in spite of all the unfortunate experiences from verse 1 to verse 11 of Psalm 102 that God induced forever so there is a recognition of the ultimate authority of God Amen. that recognition brings us into the second phase of that text where the psalmist recognizes that God does favor. Well, not only that, but the psalmist also realized the time of the fear of God. So on the second day, we're discussing the subject. We're talking, we talk about knowing the set time. Because this scripture is an expression of someone definitively expressing that the time of the fear of the Lord had come. Amen. So that means we're able to determine the time or the set time of the favor of God. It is something he does, but we can also determine the time of it. How do we know? From the promises of his word. Anytime God says he will do something, he will do it. If there's a promise that is conditional, you know that anytime the condition is satisfied, you can expect the reward. So by the word of the Lord, you can determine the set time of God. Number two, you can also determine the set time of God by observing patterns. Certain patterns create a regularity of certain things. And when one thing happens and another one that is similar to it happens, then you can expect that the next thing happening will be that. You can also determine the flow of the law by observing trends. Trends become the dominant thing that happens, especially in a particular regularized pattern as well. We can see that. You can see certain trends. You can know that God is around. Certain trends can show that God is around. If God is around, you know that when God passes your way, there's going to be an effect. So you can determine that. Today we want to be talking about the special grace of God and what I call what is actually in this set time of favor. So having said that, let's pray. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for allowing me the time to fellowship with your precious people. Allow these free lips of mine to speak plainly, clearly, respectfully, humbly, yet powerfully for the impartation of life 
for the expansion of our capacity, for the upliftment of your people, and for an acceleration towards our destiny. Let this time be a time of upliftment, empowerment, a time of activation, that henceforth, the level of your people will be upgraded. In Jesus' name. Before I forget, let me throw in this announcement. Um, I'm not sure I'll be able to remember. Two days ago, I was telling an experience um, since the last time, the last one year I've been in the States, that I think the Lord has been staring in my heart concerning the specific aspect of the body of Christ, especially the immigrant community. Um, um, and of course, that emphasis on Liberia because I can, I can mostly relate to that culture than other places. Um, and there is this burden for coaching and helping, you know, believers, whether ministers or ordinary members, deal with the issue of resilience and emotional exhaustion, right? Um, and that's something I've seen. And, and I've created a program. It started to work. I have I've worked with a few persons, and the results are amazing. Why am I talking about emotional exhaustion? The pressure in corporate America is so daunting that a lot of times it deflates our capacity to really be competitive. Mm -hmm. It pressures us and reduces our quality of life around the people that we are close to. And because we are spiritual, sometimes we take for granted the effect of our state of mind. It was emotional exhaustion that caused Moses to lose the promised land. It was emotional exhaustion that caused John the Baptist to be offended. It was emotional exhaustion that caused Paul and Silas to be split. And for those of you who are scholars, I'm just a preacher, scholars of the scripture, you will know in Acts 13 that specifically God singled out Paul and Barnabas. I mean, what I meant was that Paul and Barnabas split, not Paul and Silas. Specifically, God called out Paul and Barnabas for the work of evangelizing the word. It wasn't Paul and Silas. It was Paul and Barnabas. But these two guys could not keep up the team because they were at different frequency emotionally. And their inability to have managed their emotions led to the splitting of the team. And if God called Paul and Barnabas for the work according to Acts chapter 13 that the Lord has called them to and they didn't continue that work could it be logical to say that the book of us who have been a better story than where it is right now? Mm. Could it be a better, could it be logical to say that we could have had a better book of Acts than the one we have now? Because the book of Acts was the assignment of Paul and Barnabas, not Paul and Silas. That's right. But why did that turn out the way it is? emotional crisis and I see that it affects the body of Christ in ways that a lot of times we are unaware of it and because we are spiritual we just say get over it be strong pray you know you think you know I understand all of that but if you are emotionally taxed your capacity is suppressed if you are emotionally taxed and overwhelmed your competitive edge becomes dull. Your ability to make sound judgment is drastically reduced. Your momentum becomes deflated. And at the end of the day, your output is reduced. So we slip into survival mode 
where we are just living to be afloat, to keep on going, rather than thriving. Right? We're not called here to just survive. We're called to thrive. We're called to be three blazers. We're supposed to make marks wherever we function, that even if people don't like you, they can't ignore you. So, so, so I, I thought that that is something I needed to say to this gathering. Um, what I'm asking you to do is, if you are someone who has an identifiable, you know, crisis of emotion, or you really, really, really know that the kind of fulfillment you're supposed to enjoy, you really are not enjoying it. You know, in church, we are experts in performing, <laughs> right? Um, and if you just wanted to have a conversation, um, I would be very glad to have a conversation with you and let's talk and see if there is something we can work out professionally along those lines, right? I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, I'm just a life coach, right? So it has nothing to do with medical issue. I'm basically talking about the ability to navigate your way through the rugged terrain of emotional crisis, emotional you know, exhaustion, so that we can have desirable outcomes, right? I just wanted to say that um, because I'm going to forget. This morning, a bishop, one of my clients, called me. He's on a road trip from North Dakota. I think right now he's in um, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. He's going to Houston. He told me for one week. He called me and said, you know what, Pastor, I'm, I'm on the road trip, but I can't wait to get back on our session. We have two more sessions that I'm working on with him. Uh, and he said, no, 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 please, let's do something, even though I'm on the road trip. One day he sent me... Um, um, a screenshot of a conversation he had with one of his staff because he runs a company and this particular staff is a white staff and the conversation was so toxic so the way when the way he handled it he grew and he was so impressed with himself he did a screenshot and sent it to me and said you know why your coaching is making a difference in my life because if not for what you've taught me this thing that happened here right here <laughs> wasn't going to end well, you know, that kind of thing. And I told you now, imagine the benefit. Imagine how you empower that staff. Your company output is going to increase. You know, so I just wanted to say that um, we can have a conversation. I'm a pastor. We can always talk, right? We can always talk. All right. Thank you so much for that time. So we want to talk about what is in this thing we are calling set time of God's favor. What is in this thing, right? When God shows up, and those things for folks that it becomes so evident it's only God who could have done that. That's right. Imagine him <laughs> being the God we know, suddenly show up one day mm -hmm. and talk to a guy called Abraham who was not a believer. That's right. Now that Abraham was not a believer, Abraham was an occultist. Right. You know, but he shows up to someone who wasn't fasting and praying and all. And he he changes his life forever. That today, all of us here become spiritual descendants of Abraham. Mm, that's right. That was because God chose out of his godness to show himself to someone who didn't deserve and change his life forever. That's it. Imagine one village girl. I mean, a total village girl who didn't have a cell phone. I've never seen electricity before. Never come to America before right hasn't owned a car does not have a, a cell phone is, is using oil for lamp 
gets a spectacular visitation from a messenger who stands before God and say, Thou Mary, that were highly favored. Some folks have tried to impress us that because Mary was virgin, there's nothing special about being virgin. It was, a, it was normal those days. Being virgin was no special thing. You were supposed to be virgin as long as you were married. So that, you were, so that she was virgin wasn't a deal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That she was virgin wasn't a deal. No big deal. She was supposed to be virgin. Yeah, that's right. You know, so it wasn't a deal. The deal here was all about God. I said, you are highly favored. Not you are highly virgin. You are highly favored. You are highly favored. It was that favor that made the virgin to be pregnant. It was favor that caused a virgin to be pregnant without meeting. Not only that Mary, a virgin, became pregnant, but she became pregnant with the very God of all creation. If you read it, as you see the profile, you hear the profile of her child. This child is going to inherit the throne of his father, David. He is going to be called the son of the highest. His government is going to have no end. Are you kidding me? A poor, uneducated, ordinary girl who has never come to America before, never owned a cell phone, is not going to be a medium through which the creator of the universe is going to touch the life. That's favor. So we come here and the psalmist is telling us Psalm 102. He begins this conversation first by expressing his dismay, his disappointment, his frustration, his feeling of abandonment. Psalm 102 verses 1 to 11. He talks about how God doesn't seem to be showing up. He talks about how he's lonely. He talks about how he's frustrated. He talks about how he's overwhelmed. He talks about how he's suppressed. He talks about how he's abandoned. After saying all of that, he recognized that in spite of all of that, God was still on the throne. Number two, that he was also convinced that God would show favor. Number three, he knew the time for the favor of God. My question to you today is, what is in that favor that we are talking about? There is a key point that I would love to submit to all of us. The Bible is dotted with experiences of favor all across from beginning to end. Like I talk about Moses. It's everywhere you found favor in different fashion, in different dimension, different effect. But particularly when the word favor is translated in this passage, it actually means a kind of goodwill that is done whereby a superior stoops down to an inferior and bestows blessings. Please understand this. It is not a superior speaking a blessing or sending a blessing or throwing a blessing. It is not a superior sending a blessing by someone. It is, a, it is a superior who takes upon himself come directly to the inferior. In other words, there is an expression of intentionality here. There's an, there's an expression of love. There's also a bestowment of value because the superior one out of his own volition chooses to suspend his activities, his agenda, his plan and focuses on this inferior who could have never requested the presence of this superior, 
who in this inferior's widest imagination could have never dreamed that this superior will ever give him or her this exclusive attention. This is what is implied in this word that is translated favor. There's a story in the New Testament that illustrates that. It's the story of the guy that was at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5, I think, who was born crippled, who had been brought to this pool of Bethesda, and he's been there for 38 years, and of all those 38 years, he misses miracle 38 times. <laughs> then out of the business of Jesus' ministry, we suddenly find him coming to this crippled, abandoned, considered a liability. Out of nowhere, we find the creator of all the life specifically intentionally directly particularly talking to this guy in other words all the protocols of jesus ministry were suspended to give this guy exclusive attention this is a bestowment of an inferior of a superior to an inferior to give this guy the attention that you can never get in any other place no protocol nothing jesus simply shows up i pray for you that henceforth you begin to have spectacular encounters with god where out of nowhere totally unbeknown to yourself it may even cause other people to crank but that's the business because when jesus is blessing you he does it because he's god are you hearing what i'm trying to say do you want to be made whole Think about the value that is generated by that experience. What if Governor Abbott decided to come to your house? You know, I just came to visit you, Pastor Rex. Can we have lunch together? Think about that. It will be in the news. It will be in the news. Maybe Fox News will pick it and say, you know, we are here to promote the ministry of pastors. The governor of the great state of Texas mm -hmm. went to visit a pastor, an immigrant pastor mm -hmm. from a place called Liberia. <laughs> He's called Austin Ricks. <laughs> Everybody in Fort Worth will begin to see you differently. Oh, yeah. What do we want to embed that or not? Right. You know why? Because favor produces effects. All of us who are friends with Pastor Ricks, <laughs> we create a certain perspective about him. I wonder who gave him the connection. I wonder what has he been doing. I wonder he's a member of the Republican Party. I wonder the governor is trying to do something. There has to be something. Maybe Bishop Johnson has his hand in this kind of thing. You know, let's get closer to see. Because favor produces effect. Yeah. I pray for you yeah. that the hand of the Lord will never leave you the same. Yeah. Because when the Lord turns again the captivity of the children of Israel, life became totally different. Yeah. There is a suddenness of that experience. And a lot of times, if we're not prepared, we do not maximize it. That is why the first thing I want to talk about concerning what's actually in, in 
this subject of set time of favor <laughs> is the trial of the word. Amen. The trial of the word, like, like you are trying court. There is a trial of the word that's involved. Amen. Amen. In the text, Psalm 102, verses 1 to 11, everything the psalmist is experiencing there, the feeling of disappointment, frustration, abandonment, and loneliness, they are all consequences of a trying experience. What does it mean to be tried? It means to be tested. To be tested is divine evaluation. To ensure that our certain characters, that certain characters are built up so as to empower you and equip you to maximize the favor of the Lord. In Psalm 105, we have an example of Joseph when it says the time came to pass when God provoked a famine in Egypt and life became very difficult. But during that same time, we are told that, that this Joseph was sold for a slave in Egypt. And he was held in prison. His feet binding feeders. His neck chained with an iron yoke. He remained in that condition. In verse 19 of Psalm 105, the Bible says, Until the time that the word came. Until the time. That preposition is a connection yeah. between his trial and the visitation of God. Amen. He was kept, listen, he was hated by his brothers, sold to foreigners, became a slave unjustly. He was accused for a rape he didn't commit, jailed without due process. And that lasted for 13 years. that why it was the word trying him he was in the court of the word because the bible says he was kept in that condition until the time the word showed up in his life Amen. ladies and gentlemen that is not just an old is that only an old testament experience we are told in the book of james chapter 1 verses 2 to 4 that we should count in an opportunity in fact when we find ourselves in diverse trials, in diverse circumstances of discomfort, and many times of injustice, inconveniences, when you are having this experience of the Bible says you count it all joy. Amen. Let's face it, that's not simple. That's not simple. That's not simple. Let's face it, how many of us here have not in the privacy of our thoughts Sometimes they even question whether God is true. Let's be honest. In the privacy of your thought, where you haven't questioned whether actually this Bible thing is true. Or, or, or whether, or maybe, you know, in church people preach. Maybe this thing, you know, maybe it really actually, you know, it's not meant for everybody. Or probably... You are not good enough for something. Let's face it. How many of us have if you haven't gotten to that point, then you're not born again yet at least five, ten years. <laughs> the Bible says when you have that experience, you should count it all joy. Because it is the trying 
of your faith called the trial of the world that works patience in you. And patience has to have its complete work in your life. That is a very, very unfamiliar idea in this that comes society. Because everything is instant. Microwave instant. GPS instant. Everything is instant. You want food, you order it. It's there instant. You can do all kinds of things. Some food are already made. You just want it one minute instant. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. I had some pizza in the in the in the um in the box and I wanted to I wanted to eat a piece of pizza. So I just needed to see the microwave and I didn't know this one is so cool because it tells you the kind of different. So I just needed to find the button where there was pizza. So I didn't have to worry myself about one minute, two minutes, three minutes. I just plug pizza, right? <laughs> one minute, 24 seconds, the pizza is ready. That is that calm. And he has created, he has created the false impression. The false impression that life always happens on our terms. We have become we have become a culture that is ignorant with the requirement of delays in life. Delay is communicated to us as a kind of injustice or unanswered prayer, or maybe we are too sinful, or maybe the devil is too strong, or maybe you know something you did before and God is trying to show us up. And you know what the Bible tells us until. That is an implication of an expansion. Until. Until. Joseph was kept in the period of injustice. As godly as he was. By the way, Joseph is one Old Testament character about whom there is no negative account in his story. Joseph's story, as far as moral standard is concerned, is even better than Abraham's story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Better than David's story. Oh, yeah. Because in David's account, we don't find anything that he did morally questionable. Yet, as outstanding as he was in character, there was a time when his justice was taken from him. There was a time when what he said right was encountered. There was a time when he was presumed dead. Even though he wasn't a murderer. Right. It was not until the word came. Amen. A constituent element of the subject of favor carries an idea of a trial of faith. That is the moment in your life when you come here 15 years, that's not 15 days. 15 years. Of preaching to immigrant people, many of whom are very difficult to support you. Fifteen years of preaching to people who came to hustle themselves. Yeah, fifteen years, fifteen years. I mean, it's a fact. Fifteen years of people who are who are fighting and combating with all kinds of unsolicited calls from whom they are battling with that, and even a situation where their status issue is a messy stuff. Then they come to church Amen. and you have to be with them for all these years until they become stable. That's a trial. That's a trial. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's part of our growth experience. It's part of our maturity. It's part of the way that is designed by divine pattern to understand God, to love him. Because when you learn to accept the deferment of your interests until at which time God shows up, it develops character. Because patience actually accepting to defer your expectation. To postpone your desire until at which time it becomes most appropriate, most timely for you. It is that experience that we are uncomfortable with. And for good reasons, because a lot of times we don't understand why prayers are delayed. We don't understand why certain things are not showing up. We don't understand why we have done X, Y, and Z, and the answer is not coming. But patience has to have its preference work. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning from verse 25, cast not therefore away your confidence. Don't cast away your confidence. Because there is a need for patience. For after you have done the word of God to inherit the promise. Faith, for example, can never be mentored without patience. Because when you believe God for things to be now, and the now has it manifested, that's when patience kicks in. Yeah. When patient kicks in, patient is not postponing the manifestation. Patient is simply sustaining your belief. Yeah. That's the place of patience. To sustain your belief until manifestation happens. Because watch this. Every time we pray, what does the Bible say? God answers. I hope you know with this in philosophy too. God I don't say no, yes, or wait. That's on biblical philosophy. The Bible says that, that when we pray according to his will, he hears us. Yes. And if we know he has heard, then we have received what he has asked. So what happens when you pray? You're supposed to receive. Amen. For whosoever shall say to this mountain, Mark 11, 23 and 24, be that, be that lifted up and be cast into the sea. A mountain is an impossible situation. The Bible says if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that the thing you say will happen, you will have whatsoever you say. Amen. So when you do that, God answers. Amen. But pastor, what is, I haven't seen it. That is the point. There's a difference between answer and manifestation. Because until there's a manifestation, your faith has to be active. Revelation chapter 13 verse 8. From the foundation of the world, Jesus was crucified. From the foundation of the world. So the Jesus we see on the cross 2,000 years ago was just a physical manifestation of the Jesus who was crucified before the very foundation of the world. When God met Abraham, he told him, I have made you. I have made you. I have made you. Though he was still barren, I have made you. And the Bible says, let, let God be true. Let all men be liars. So from the time God said, I have made you, Abraham had a son. But he was still barren. What was the difference? It took some time for the manifestation of the son to happen. You see, when Sarah got pregnant, that was not the time God answered. When Sarah got pregnant, that was the time the answer was manifested. Because you know why? God, God functions in the realm of timelessness. That's why you wouldn't need calendar when you go to heaven. <laughs> because there's no, you don't need watch. No. Nothing is counter. Eternity is just eternity. Everything is now. God lives in the now. There's, there's, you can't count eternity. You can't count one year, two years, three years, four years. 
Internet is just eternity. Every day is like today. So when God does something, it's, it's done in the now. But we live in the realm of time. Where everything is dictated to by time. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. But the time you were born was not the time God brought you here. Jeremiah said, before I was formed in my mother's womb, he knew me. So your physical expression here is a detect of time. That is why you have to be a baby, become a toddler, become, become a young person, then become an adult. You're the same person. Time is just affecting you. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1, 3. So God is not going to bless anybody again. He's already blessed us. What we are doing here is assessing what he has already done. God is not going to heal anybody again. That's why when you pray for God to heal someone, you're not praying the biblical prayer. Because God doesn't answer that kind of prayer. Why? Because the day Jesus died, he healed you. There's no salvation without healing. The day you got saved, you were healed. The day you got saved, you were prosperous. The day you got saved, you were healed. When sickness knocks at your door, it is a contention. The enemy's contention for what God has already done in your life that you need to stand up to. So that's why even when you feel pain, you stay say, the son say, let the sick say, I'm healed. That's not lie. You are confirm you are confirming the word. You have to remain there until there's a manifestation. When the pain stops, that's not the time you are healed. When the pain stops, that's when the healing manifested. Because you are not healed because the diagnosis says you don't have sickness. That's not why you are healed. You are healed because the word says you are healed. Even if you are diagnosed. Manifestation is the issue. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? And that's the place of the trial. Anytime you are in a place of trial, just know that favor is at the end. Your job is to make sure that in the court of the word of the Lord, you come out victorious. Point number two, what is in this issue of the set time of God's favor? Is that God remembers. God remembers. God remembers. Are you hearing me? Let's go to Psalm 105. Look at verse 16. More, he called for the famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they heard to feed us. He was laid in iron until the time his word came. Until the time. The day the word showed up was the time of God's remembrance. He would tell Moses, I have heard the cries of my people. I have seen their affliction. And I have come down to set them free. And I'm sending you. What God was simply saying, I remember the covenant. God remembers. God remembers. The Bible says it's not unjust to forget the labor of our love. He remembers. He remembers. That's how you say, put me in remembrance of my word. In other words, let's go to court. Make your case. Show me where I promise you. Show me. You, you show me where I promise you. Bring the word to me, right? Deal with me according to my word. Stay. He said, come boldly before the throne of grace. 
come boldly. That's not arrogance. That's confidence. Come boldly before the throne of grace that you might attain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In other words, we come in God's presence as covenant children and say, you know what? This one is not according to what you say. And God likes it. Because God remembers. I remember a story of one of my one of my um, one of my daughters that was 1990. How many of you remember April says war? Freeport. I was in Bannersville then. We're having fellowship. So one afternoon the guy came out and said, I have a testimony. I said, What is the testimony? So something happened to the port today. The guy caught me and said he was gonna kill me. So, so she said, This is a prayer, I pray. I said, God. They are about to kill me. The issue about you is that sometimes you don't answer as quickly as people want. I mean, so that's how she'll pray. She says, that, she said, if you don't show up quickly, I will be dead. So, I mean, so she said, that's how she'll pray. And the guy said, go, 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 carry your problem. Carry your problem. <laughs> that's confidence. That's bringing remembrance to God. That's being bold. There's a story about a pastor who said his son, I believe five or six years, yeah. when the guys were to enter his room while he's there with his wife, he boy just kick the door and come. Then you say, Piki, you don't know I'm here with my wife. What are you beginning? Don't forget that your mom and myself are here. You know? What does a toddler care? He doesn't care about your privacy. What gives him confidence to do that? Because he understands he has an entitlement. God remembers. In Genesis chapter 40, we have an account of, the, of Joseph being in prison. Mm. And one day, he saw two of his fellow inmates depressed. Mm. They were directly stewards. They were workers of the king. Mm. One of them was a butler, um, and the other one was a cupbearer. Yeah, right. Anyway, he gave their dreams. Joseph interpreted them. So the butler will be restored. And Joseph particularly said, I think that should be in verse 6 or so. He said, please, when Pharaoh restores you to your job, please remember me. Because I didn't do anything embroiled unjustly so that at least through you I can find a way to come. The Bible says, interestingly, <laughs> in verse 23, that you forgot Joseph. How many have been there before? Especially if you are doing something for someone with the anticipation that they will return the favor. Let's face it, how many of us haven't done it before? You are doing something, you're not saying, you know, please, you pay me back, but in your mind, you are assuming that this person will remember that you are at a point where you need an intervention, and he or she is in a place where they are the only person that can do something for you. That was Joseph's case. Especially Joseph was an undocumented immigrant. <laughs> yeah. He didn't come, in fact, worse, he didn't come from a country, he came from a family. So even if he wanted a document, there was no way he could get any document because he didn't have any kind of national status. He came from a family. They were pilgrims. Living in a hostile environment. Then he gets sold. Not by different people, by his own brothers. Then he gets envied by his boss. 
then he gets thrown into prison without due justice. And then that is not a democratic society. Justice is, based, justice is based on those who are in power. Nobody ever acts. You don't have lawyers. You don't have pro bono lawyers. You don't have Amnesty International. You don't have Red Cross. You don't have any NGO. What Pharaoh says is it. And is anybody as close as, 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 as Potiphar to Pharaoh jails you, your case is done. In fact, it was, it was because of God's mercy and favor that he didn't execute him. So his only hope was someone that he has ever met and done something for, who is going to be released, but particularly who's working directly with the only person that can do something about his story. How many of you will not be heavily expectant? How many of you will not be heavily expectant? I remember those days in 1989, I mean, looking town, and man, living by faith is tough. Don't have food to eat, don't have somewhere to live, you have to go to school. You know, and we had these full attendants in the house, you know, friendly with those girls, and they are cooking. And I'm in the room way ahead, you know, it's in that kind of house where room to room, room to room, room to room, right? The kitchen is at the back, and I'm way ahead. And you know, I don't want to act like I'm fending around for food. So, so you know, when you begin to sense that there's cooking going on, right? Then you start singing your believer song, Lord, you are good. And not because you want to worship. Actually, I was doing that so the girls can know I'm around. It's a fact. It's a fact. I was doing it so they can know I'm still around. Guess what? 99.9% of the time, over time, the kitchen will go quiet. Nobody ever calls my name. How will you blame them? They're not under obligation, they are tenants. Not my relatives. But I just want to tell you what happens when expectation is disappointed. Especially when you feel deserving. Like in Joseph's case. He was forgotten. He wasn't forgotten for one week, for one month. He was forgotten for two round years. In other words, that the guy had forgotten Joseph so long that Joseph himself might have even forgotten that this guy will ever remember again. This is two years. The guy's with two of the king. The guy is talking with the king. He simply needed to say something. But you see, when the Bible says, until the word came. Because had the butler talk about Joseph before the time of Pharaoh's dream, the effect was not going to be that van. Had, had the butler talk anything about Joseph before the time when the king had a problem that he couldn't solve, the result would not have been that dramatic. Because everything is about timing. Set time. Set time talks about all the factors are ripe for the greatest manifestation of something. Set time is like the ovulation of a wife when all the conditions are ripe for conception. Everything is ripe. Everything is ripe. At that time, you don't have to be a good guy. You can mistakenly impregnate. You can even impregnate unwantedly. Yeah. Why? Yep, because the time is set. 
Before or after that time, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter your stamina. It doesn't matter your skill. It doesn't matter anything you do. It doesn't matter the pleasure. It doesn't matter. You can have all the pleasure. You can talk all the nice things. I remember a pastor friend of mine, his wife told me one day I went to visit. And she said, please tell your brother to buy my airplane. <laughs> so, so, so I said, airplane? Even the government here does not have an airplane. So I said, what's it? She said, I'm serious. Tell him to buy my airplane. So I said, mommy, they say, you must buy a plane. What happened? Then he said, well, how I can't promise. How I can't promise. You know what this guy was doing to me? So I told him I would buy an airplane. <laughs> but you know what? As ecstatic as that experience was, it will not bring conception. No. Because it wasn't set time. No. Ladies and gentlemen, God is intentional. God is meticulous. God is strategic. God knows how to set your life up. The set time is not a simple idea. It's a general expression of all the factors and conditions that create an enabling environment for the greatest manifestation of God's plan, greater manifestation of a desire. When it's a set time, everything answers to you. Then it came to pass that the greatest man in the kingdom had a dream that he couldn't do anything about. And then it so happened that all the astrologers could do nothing about it. It was at that point that this rascal remembered. <laughs> now he didn't remember because his memory kind of got activated. He remembered because of the foes of God's set time. And suddenly, this guy whose justice was taken from him, suddenly, this guy who was presumed dead, and this has gone 13 years. Suddenly, this undocumented immigrant. Suddenly, this property of, of Potiphar. Suddenly, this unknown guy. And in case you didn't know, the Jews were a people that the Egyptians did not respect. They, they, they considered them inferior. So, a guy hated by, his, by all his siblings, except his father, sold by his siblings, come from a, from a family that's in a village living by God, no national status, becomes a property of Potiphar, put in jail for a crime he didn't commit. So life was entirely against him. That's right. Until set time began to happen to him. Amen. The guy was remember. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, that word remember means to mark as to recognize for something. That means you become marked for a specific purpose. You are marked like a mark of distinction. That's the implication of the word remember. In other words, when God remembers you, it's like you were marked for the third time. That it didn't matter where you went. It didn't matter what, what, what happened or what didn't happen. That it's a set time mark on you. And it's just a matter of time when all the dynamics around you begin to change. To be remembered is to be mentioned for distinction. We have an example of that when Zachariah prophesied about the birth of Jesus. 
He said, because the Lord has remembered his covenant. And now he's going to deliver us from those who hate us. Because he has remembered his covenant. Now the country that has become so oppressed has lost a strong central government living at the mercy of a hostile environment who has a very checkered history of all kinds of complications. One day God shows up and Zechariah, by the inspiration of the Spirit, says, the Lord has remembered his covenant. Luke chapter 167 to 72. You see, when the Lord remembered his covenant to Israel, Mary was a person who was marked. When God remembered his covenant for the nation of Israel, Mary became the person that was marked. So she became the central person in the whole redemption story. An ordinary girl, village girl. The good news is that favor also includes the idea of progress that is accelerated. Let me put it this way. One of the factors in the set time of God's favor is that progress, whether breakthrough, whether intervention, whether answer prayer, whether provision, whether open doors, whatever it is, becomes accelerated. Amen. I say becomes accelerated. Amen. 13 years, Joseph is a, pres is a prisoner. Mm -hmm. The day he gets free, he becomes a prime minister. Yeah. Gets yeah. married. Wow. You hear what I said? Yeah. You see, watch this. The guy would interpret a dream. Yes. They could have just told him, you know, or maybe just gave him something, pay his way back to his family. Right? Yeah. Maybe buy him a suit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's free. Oh, yeah. He said, okay, boy, go thank you. You thank can you. go back. Go no on. obligation. Yeah, free. Go but now when, that, when the guy gets free, he becomes loved. Mm -hmm. I mean, where is that thing coming from? All of a sudden, you see a prisoner who has never been involved with public service. Joseph's profile is domestic. He stay in home, they send him to the, on the farm to go see sheep, stubborn sheep, to go wash over brothers who hate him. That's Joseph's profile. There is no experience of public service. That's right. He didn't do political science. He didn't do MBA. He do nothing. What gave him the audacity to make this guy the prime minister? A foreigner at that. Just because of dream interpretation, do you think it really match up? But when favor shows up, progress is accelerated. When favor shows up, progress is accelerated. Free from prison. No political party. No political background. They didn't ask for this guy academic. Nothing. Today you are prime minister. Now are you prime minister? Pharaoh said, the only thing that subordinates you is myself. I gave you all the, all the royal power, all the royal courtesy, everything. He said, at your word will my people be governed. In other words, at your word, people will be living or dead. A young man of 30 gets married to a girl that he didn't have to take to the restaurant. Get married to a girl he didn't have to impress. Now please understand this, right? Joseph, Joseph, Joseph is a total stranger. That's right. 
I mean, let's face it, even if you are the even if you are the prince of England, right? The lady will not just agree to marry like that, man. You have to do something. Come on. You can't get down and say, let's begin marriage. No, 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 no. You have to do something. You, you, have, to, you have to impress me, right? You have to really wind me up, right? You have to sweep me off my feet, right? You have to win my attention. You have to say stuff to me that made me get lost. You can't get down. Are the ladies here? Yeah. And Joseph has never dated before. Mm. So they got now have no experience with dealing with ladies. Mm. He doesn't even understand the courtesy of treating beautiful ladies. Yeah. Let alone a foreign lady whose culture he didn't even know. Mm. They know how to talk to her and talk to her in a way where she feels good. <laughs> right? He didn't know all of that. So why would a stranger mm. agree to marry a total stranger? Because when favor shows up, your progress is accelerated. Yeah. For you, that suddenly one deal you make will change everything. Suddenly one application will change everything. Suddenly one sale, one sale, one encounter, one meeting, one handshake, one introduction will change everything. coming because I'm preaching. I believe it's the law who is stirring up the atmosphere to enforce the expression of what is about to happen. Listen to me. The thing about four is this. Just like we saying in Genesis 41 51 that the Lord has blessed me so much in a strange land that I've forgotten all the troubles in my father's house. In other words, this is what Joseph is saying. One encounter of favor has compensated 30 years of delay, 30 years of delay. One encounter of favor has compensated 30 years of delay. One encounter of favor. I'm praying for you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, that you are going to be compensated. One encounter, one message, one preaching, one letter, one meeting, one sale, one application, one introduction, one step. It covers everything. Yes. One encounter. May all the years of Joseph's suffering irrelevant. He looked back to see the injustice, the domestic imbalance, the injustice in Potiphar's house, the injustice in the prison, the, 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 the ingratitude by his friend. When he matched all of that to what has just happened now, it becomes totally irrelevant. I pray for you, God. We wash you for your troubles. We wash you for your denials. We wash you for your trouble. We save us in the name of Jesus. In case you think it's too late for you, there's an old woman called Elizabeth who has been praying for child. Pastor, how do you know? When the angel met her husband, yeah. Pastor Zachariah, yeah. the first thing the angel said, God has heard your prayer. Yeah. So, I mean, this pastor was praying even when his wife was old. Yeah. It seemed to be like even though he has seen by that natural order, his wife could not have a child, but it seemed that like he became stuck with prayer. That's why. I just pray anyhow. Amen. 
My God. The question is this. If you're a woman who has been needing children, five children, six children, seven, eight, nine. In those days, you have to hire about ten. <laughs> what is the possibility that, oh, Elizabeth, yeah. even if God answer her prayer, God. she can have three children again, yeah. or four or five. She couldn't have one supernaturally. You know what Jesus said about this one child? Jesus said, of all men born of woman, nobody is of value equal to John the Baptist. What is the point? That at long last, when God finally brings a child to an old woman, only one she could have, but the value of that one covers the value of all children born. If that is not fair, you have to tell me where it is. That is to say, the fear of God can supersede any obstacle. Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense to you? Listen. When God, when King Ahasuerus eventually intervened in Esther's request, not only that the decree was reversed, but the people, the Jews, were given the mandate to defend themselves. Not only that, Haman, who was the architect of the genocide, mm -hmm. eventually was hanged on the very gallows he had prepared for Mordecai. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. But it even gets better. Mm -hmm. Long before this time, Mordecai had given an intelligence yes. to the secret service yes. about a threat against the life of the king. And Mordecai was never remembered, never rewarded. And it even seemed like Mordecai saying, what will anybody do for me? That's right. I'm a slave here. Mm. But there's something about the fear of the law. The day Esther met the king, mm -hmm. the decree was reversed. Mm -hmm. Mordecai was killed. Uh -huh. I mean, not Mordecai, Hema yeah, was killed. Mm -hmm. God's people defended themselves. Mm -hmm. And then the king could not sleep. The king could not sleep. Right. He woke up and said, let's search, let's search the archives. Yeah. Maybe something is not right. The time is going to come that until, 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 until you are remember nothing works. Until you remember nothing works. We are searching to find and then they discover that Mordecai deserves reward. Then it was remembered that Mordecai deserves reward. Everything that was recorded that was accorded to Haman was given to Mordecai. What has happened when Pharaoh shows up? progress is accelerated. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say? Are you hearing what I'm trying to say? I don't care what has been withheld from you. Delayed promotion, delayed breakthrough, delayed intervention, delayed provision. Whatever it is that has been delayed, I pray for you in the name of the Lord Jesus that by the help of Almighty God and the activation of everything that looks for your life and your godliness answer prayer, breakthrough, intervention, favor, progress, victory, increase, dominion, break forth, go forward, prosper, increase, expand, walk in victory. How is us? Receive it in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about the time when your supervisor comes and see the thing you always did. That was always normal. Yes. That was nothing consequential. Yes. Suddenly the supervisor has become so mesmerized yes. 
but this very thing you have always done and at that point the issues in the HR setup begins to change people begin to hear about you nothing is working until you show up people begin to make adjustment here and there the protocol got suspended and the reporter said you know what something something you deserve has been delayed receive it 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 what's in dream interpretation that is so big how about Joseph's obedience all the why? How about his obedience to his father all the why? How about his commitment in Potiphar's house? So what's about this dream so much? It's just about set time. Set time. I'm talking about set time. That when when people want to obstruct it, God still intervenes. Imagine prophet Samuel trying to abort unintendedly the destiny of the nation. He won't recognize David. You don't blame Samuel. Samuel doesn't know the children. Jesse is at fault. But you don't blame Jesse. Also, he's a kind of believer. He brings all his children and lines them up and Samuel gets impressed. You've been somewhere before? You do the work and someone who's not qualified as you gets a promotion. Been there before? Been there before? You train someone and the person becomes your supervisor. Been there before? You do the work and somebody signs and the credit goes to them. Am I talking to people who work here? You wonder what's going on here? Where is God in all of this? There's going to come a time that nothing will work Amen. until you are called. Until you are called. Amen. 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 When God said, Samuel, all those people standing there are not my choice. <laughs> Samuel said, nobody will sit down until you bring the boy. <laughs> Whatever sabotages your progress, today I pray forever. I say, I have you, I have you, I have you. I have to hold the sabotage for your next level. I'm not sure you understand what I'm trying to say. Everything that wants to sabotage your next level, I pass an injunction. I pierce the heart. I said, I pierce the heart. Nothing works until you are called. Nothing will move until you show up. Nothing will produce until you show up. You want to bring the boy? I don't know. You haven't seen him before, but until he shows up, nobody will sit down. Everybody was standing until mm-hmm. until David was brought. Yes, mm-hmm. An unassuming young man yes. looks very inconsequential. Yes. But when the time shows up, yes. you can be behind. Yes. You come to the front. Yes. They, they describe David yes. as a mighty man of valor yes. in First Samuel chapter fifteen. Yes. What's about David? Yes. He was a shepherd. Uh-huh. Why are they gave me a military description? Yeah, that's what the officers of Saul said. We said there is a guy here in the house of Jesse. He's a mighty man of valor. He's very handsome. And he's a skilled musician. Why mighty man of valor? He was never drafted in the army. Has never fought war before. He is a shepherd. There is something about the favor of the Lord that confers things on you that you don't necessarily have the skill for. Please hear me here. Some things will happen for you because of what you know. 
There are times things will happen for you because of who you know. Amen. That, is, that is life. That's life. That's life. They call the mighty man of valor and nobody questioned it. How can a shepherd man be described as a veteran? Was never drafted. Is there something about you that people haven't recognized yet? You have a lot of experience to create a description of you that is less than the value of God's favor. But a set time has come. Pastor, how do you know? Because God is speaking to you. How do you know? Because the scripture has been unfolded. Last point and I get out of your way. What's in this set time? Is that God alone is the ultimate architect of your favor. Everywhere you go, they will say, Thou, O God, will show mercy. Thou, O God, will favor Zion. Thou, O God, will have mercy. It is always thou, 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 thou. Psalm 66, 10 to 12. Lord, you have tested and tried me as say what is tried. Afflictions have been laid upon my loins. You know, when weight is on your shoulder, emotional, financial, social, professional, weight, afflictions have been laid upon my loins. Men have walked over my head. You know what that means? People take advantage of you without consequence. Men have walked over my head. Your justice is taken from you without redress. Men have walked over my head. They've passed me for promotion and given it to someone that I train. Men have walked over my head. I've done everything right. Nobody recognized my records. Men have walked over my head. Then the Bible goes to say, I have even been brought into a net. You know what a net does? You are entrapped. Every effort entangles you. You've been there before? Every attempt to solve a problem creates another problem. That is a net experience. Psalm 66. As though that was not enough. The Bible says, I went through fire. What is fire? When the temperature around your life becomes unbearable. As though that was not enough, I also went through waters. What's water? When you seem to be drowning. When you seem to be overwhelmed. And you don't have the ability to deal with the issues. You are in the coat of the worst trial. But at long last, verse 2 of Psalm 66, the Lord has brought me to the place of rich fulfillment. Amen. The Lord has brought me to the place of rich fulfillment. The worthy place, a place of rich fulfillment. That means God brings you in the space when everything works. It brings you in the space of favor. It brings you in the space when things begin to happen on your terms. It brings you in the space when everything about you answers. It brings you in the space that those who didn't recognize you begin to recognize you. I'm telling you, the Lord has brought us to the place of rich fulfillment. If men have walked over their head before, if you've been tested before, if you have had a net experience before where you feel in trap, if afflictions have been laid over your loins before, if you ever been in hot fire before, if you ever been like you are drowning before, all of that is over now. Because the Lord has brought us to the place of abundance. Can you stand on your feet and let me pray for you? He has brought us.
to the place of abundance. He has brought us to the place of abundance. He has brought us to a place of abundance. I want to pray for you. Can I pray for you? I want you to understand this. That is normal that when preaching is done, it's close with a prayer. But if that is all we are expecting, that's not what I'm doing right now. What I'm going to do right now is to stand alongside you Amen. and enforce the speedy manifestation yes. of what the law has already ordered. Amen. And believe me, there are going to be unrestrained results. Yes. There are going to be enforced manifestation. Please believe it. Believe it. Believe it. In fact, I'm talking to the people here right now who has carried any kind of bodily ailment that has defied therapy up to this point. Any sickness, any disease. Rheumatoid arthritis, hypertension, complication in your blood composition, sickle cell anemia, emotional crisis, nervous tension. I'm not a medical doctor, so I can name stuffs. But I'm feeling the spirit that the power of the Lord is touching you even right now. Rectifying errors. Rectifying medical errors. I, I'm speaking to tips that were blocked that they are now flushed right now. Right now. Right now. Anyone that is a sign for a surgery, that surgery is unnecessary as of now. As of this point, every assignment for any surgery it's unnecessary now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I speak to pains, to diseases. I command afflictions in your body. Be healed now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I break the power of lack. I command the demonic infrastructure of setback. The patent of rejection. The patent of, of, of rejection, the patent of failure, near success syndrome. When you come so close, only to realize you've missed it. The patent of pain and frustration, where you are always crossed over. I reverse it, I reverse it, I reverse it. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I lose your breakthrough, I lose your promotion, I lose your blessing, I lose your promotion, I lose your favor, I set your land loose, I set your children loose, I set your breakthrough loose, I set your finances loose, I speak your promotion, I declare go forward, increase, break for break out, expand on the left, expand on the right. I declare now accelerated restoration. 
all the years eating by the panawa and the kangaroo and the locusts and the caterpillars, the Lord has restored, restore, 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 be restored in your dignity, be restored in your self-esteem, be restored in your health, be restored in your finances, be restored in your professional life. Whatever has been hijacked, whatever has been withheld, whatever has been delayed, whatever has been stolen, whatever has been sabotaged, is restored now. Seven for seven for restoration. Seven for restoration. It shall come to pass, Joel 25, that you shall even plant it and be set aside, and you shall never be the same again. I declare abundance in your life, abundance of our sin, abundance of our sin. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 11 The Lord blesses you and causes you to multiply the thousand times I declare the thousand times dimension of blessing That talks about exponential multiplication of increase Exponential multiplication of blessing A thousand times dimension in your spiritual life In your professional capacity In your physical life In your financial life In your economic life In your social life A thousand times dimension of blessing A thousand times growth of quality A thousand times dimension of speed a thousand times dimension of abundance receive it receive it receive it receive it receive it receive it this is what Caleb said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 14 he said Joshua you know we are Buddhists Moses promised me the mountains 40 years ago, Moses gave that promise. And 40 years later, I still have the same strength that I had 40 years ago. When God has a promise of favor in your life, he gives you the longevity to maximize it. I pray that the hand of the Lord sustains your life until you maximize the blessing. The hand of the Lord sustains your life. So, you're not touching this. Your life is sustained until you make the most of the blessing. Make the most of the blessing. You will make the most of your blessing. Your life will be sustained. You are not too old. You will live longer than long. The longer you live, the stronger you will be. The longer you live, the stronger you will be. I speak strength in your life. I speak strength in your life. You will live long. You will watch your company prosper. You will see your ministry expand. You will watch your children grow. You will see your children established. You will see your life prospering. You will enjoy this life. You will enjoy this ministry. Your company will flourish. You will be a model. You will stand out. You will achieve all your dreams. There's been nothing like you. You will achieve all your dreams. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive superior intelligence to function of accuracy. I declare to you right now that God will bring you in a space where you will function accurately. You haven't been there before, but God will give you supernatural ability. I hear him say in the book of Luke, the Lord gave you a mouth and a wisdom that your adversary will not be able to resist nor gainsay. I pray for you that when the Lord supernaturally brings you to a strange space, to a space of higher dimension, that you will function of accuracy, you will function with competence, you will function of accuracy, you will function with competence.
weapons. You will not mess your moment. You will not pass your opportunity. You will not abort your next level. God will keep you. God will preserve you. Your life will be a blessing. Can you raise up your hands and bless him? Just bless the Lord. I said bless the Lord. If you believe everything that you receive, you will bless him now. 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 I see miracles. I see breakthrough. I see elevation. I see promotion. I see expansion. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm saying results, results, results that are outstanding. You are producing results you never thought you could have. Your speed is increasing. Your life is going forward. Your company is breaking forth. Your children are strong. Your children are united. Your mouth is good. Your romance is restored. The peace is restored. Blessings are abundant. You will not lack any good thing anymore. You will not overwork and be underpaid. Whatever you do will prosper. Anything you say will make money. Your efforts will be rewarded. Everywhere you go, you will create space. People will recognize you. Your effort will be rewarded. You will be acknowledged. Your impact will be rewarded. Receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. The Lord expedite this prayer with divine speed. I said, the Lord expedite this prayer with divine speed. I'm telling you, lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Make declaration that it will come to pass. Your church will grow, your ministry will flourish. Your marriage will be strong, your children will be healthy. Your company will grow. The Lord is going to give you ideas. Ideas that will change everything. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we bow and worship Hallelujah. you. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we bow.